Welcome to Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. I'm Christy. And I'm Bill. We're husband and wife. We're also psychotherapists, spiritual directors, and the founders of Soul Shepherding. We're glad you've joined us on Soul Talks as we invite you into our home to share our hearts and our intimacy with Jesus in life, love, and leadership. Christy, we're here in our PJs and robes. Yes. <laughs> We've been having a conversation about the loneliness of leadership and thought this would be a good one to share with our listening friends. We did. I was meeting with the Pastor's Wives group that I lead today, mm-hmm. and we got to talking about the loneliness that they feel in leadership and that their husbands feel as leaders. And so as I was sharing with you about my group because you're always interested to hear a little bit how God led and met us as we gathered. And I was sharing about one of the the pastor's wives, just sharing about people saying to her when they went into ministry and they were in seminary, you know, you sure you want to do this? And I Hmm. thought about what all this is going to cost and how hard this is going to be. And she was like, yeah, you know, I really thought I looked at it all. And uh, yep, I'm I'm up for it. I really am aware of the challenges and we always hardships. begin with that confidence and idealism, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she said, "But loneliness—that was something I never imagined. It was a surprise to me." Well, yeah, because ministry is all about relationship. We're connecting with people constantly. We're in groups. We're in communities. We're working and partnering with people to do ministry. Yes. So where's the loneliness? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, the loneliness comes because as a leader, you often feel unappreciated for the sacrifice you're making. Mm -hmm. In fact, research shows that 80% of pastor's wives feel left out and unappreciated by church members. Mm. 80%. 80%. Yeah. And I would guess it's probably higher, but maybe they're just, (laughs) some of them aren't aren't honest or aren't aware of their feelings. (laughs) (laughs) I, I just know every leadership position I've been, I felt some measure of unappreciation. Yeah, and a pastor's wife is a leader, and she's a support person for her husband. Or, of course, there are some pastor's husbands out there, other ministry spouses that yes. would have a similar dynamic. That's right. When you're the spouse, you're there cheering for your spouse who's a pastor, a leader in, in ministry, and you're supporting them, you're listening to them, you're maybe going to ministry events with them, and if they are criticized or they're having a struggle or they're not feeling supported by people, I mean, you really take that to heart. Yes. Or, you know, you're sacrificing for their leadership so that they can give the best Mm. of their energy away, or you're seeing them spend all this time giving and leading to others, and maybe you're having to pick up for the vacuum, you know, in your, your home life with your kids, for instance, at a time of that. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking you know how that feels. I do. <laughs> Thank you for appreciating and understanding that, Bill. <laughs> You've made a lot of sacrifices to support me as a pastor and a counselor, and sometimes we get to uh, turn it around also, and I do that for you. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. And I have uh, come to you crying and letting you know at times I feel unappreciated. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you've been sensitive and empathetic to me in that, and I've appreciated that. Yeah, and we're really talking about all kinds of leaders, aren't we? Well, we are. In fact, even just this last weekend, we were with our daughter, who's a campus leader in 
college, mm-hmm. and she had been feeling this cost of leadership, this loneliness of leadership, because she's been putting her energy and time into creating this community for the freshmen in her dorm that she leads as a resident advisor. And as she's made this great vision and community and entered into activities with them and thrown activities and events for them, she's felt kind of lonely because she's not a freshman. Mm-hmm. And while she's doing this, her friends are all living in the senior dorm together and they're all doing their activities together and she misses out on it because she's busy leading these events for the freshmen. And she wants to do that. She doesn't regret her decision. It's a joy for her to do this. But she was just sharing with us mm-hmm. how surprised she's felt by the loneliness that has come at times. And and then one of the freshmen thanked her, said, wow, you RAs really sacrifice a lot for us. Thank you. And it meant so much to her. Yeah, it's such a blessing when as a leader, a caregiver, a minister, a parent, and we feel that we're, our efforts are really noticed and recognized and appreciated. Yes, it does. Well, I think about pastors that I talk with, you know, in the different uh, pastor groups I lead and different pastors that uh, meet with me. And the research here is just really so sad and incredible to think that this is the case. But it's not surprising to me because I talk to so many pastors and so I, I hear about it. But 70% of pastors say they don't have a close friend. Mm. That's how isolated the average pastor is. And that's uh, a great concern for us, isn't it? It is. In fact, that's been a big part of our call to starting Soul Shepherding, is for you to befriend those pastors. One type of pastor I'm thinking of is the, the spiritual formation pastor or the pastor of community life and small groups or the pastoral care pastor. You know, there's just a lot of shepherding, caregiving pastors. And of course, our ministry is soul shepherding, so they really flock to us. And a a common situation that comes up is that they're just really out there on the front lines with the hurting people, and they've got hearts of mercy and sensitivity and tenderness. And so people in the church feel safe with them and will come and share. And so these pastors carry these burdens, don't they? These men and women who are shepherds. Yeah, that is a lonely position sometimes, especially we have heard from them and and even their wives that the aspect of confidentiality too can increase that sense of loneliness because here they're containing other people's emotions and pains and yet they're wanting to respect the confidentiality. So they don't maybe have a place to share it and that feels lonely for them at times. Yeah, they're out of love and respect regarding the secrets that are shared with them, of Mm -hmm. course. But that's just kind of sitting in there, and they, they have feelings about it, and mm-hmm. they don't quite know how to process that. And of course, there is a way of separating that out and keeping someone's confidentiality, but sharing your emotions and your experience or talking about with a safe friend of your own. And of course, we do that with each other, which is so helpful mm-hmm. to process, like this is what you're doing with your pastor's wives group. I mean, you're not telling me personal details that particular women in ministry have shared with you. You're sharing with me sort of your emotions, what it was like for you, and this kind of thing, and generalities of the kinds of things that women are sharing with you so that I can understand. Mm-hmm. And in that back and forth listening and praying for each other, we can get a lot of uh, encouragement. Yes, and support and feeling understood and feeling like we're not alone. But if you're that shepherding sensitive leader in your community, in your ministry, whether it's a church or maybe a nonprofit ministry, maybe it's a a ministry of Bible teaching, and you're the one that is the one who's really tuned into the hurts of people, but maybe your colleagues are more 
type A oriented, more take charge and let, let's move forward, let's make it happen. And so there can be a real tension there between those styles of leadership and the, the one who has a sensitive heart and is holding the pain of the people. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I know how this feels for people if we hurry on this so much or if we go that direction. Can we back up? Yeah, so even on a leadership team, we can feel lonely. Yeah, and then where do you go if you're the pastor now and you're carrying this people's hurt or the frustration of conflict that's going on in the church or in your leadership community? And So maybe you want to bring it home and share it with your spouse. And well, not everybody has sort of the safety or the opportunity that you and I have in terms of how we have learned to really listen to each other and care for each other with empathy and encourage each other. And especially, you know, if we go back in time to when our kids were little, you know, yeah. it's harder for you yeah. to, to listen to me sort of unpack the stresses of the day, right? You had mm-hmm. some limitations in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're having your own stresses, it is hard to do that. And so that's where I have been just so thankful that it helps me to know that Jesus understands this feeling of loneliness in leadership. Yeah, because if you're having limitations and I'm not able to share with you because you've got little kids hanging on your legs, you know, or I've got limitations and I don't have as much space to really empathize with you as you need, we're thankful that we can go to Jesus. And also we need other friends, don't we, in our life that we can can trust and, and go to for support. Yeah, we need ambassadors of Christ. Even Jesus did. He needed the disciples. He let himself... You know, his inner three, especially, mm-hmm. that he let himself share with and receive from. Yeah, and so Jesus is a great example for us when it comes to everything in life, of course, certainly leadership, and also the how to deal with the loneliness of leadership, because this is something that Jesus really had to bear. He was not well understood, even by his closest friends and disciples, as much as there was a special relationship with the inner circle of the three it wasn't really until he went to the cross and rose from the dead that they really understood what kind of a Messiah he was. Mm. And so, you know, we read in the scriptures like in Luke 5.16 where it says that uh, Jesus often went out to lonely places and prayed. And this came, this particular example, the context is that he's just healed a leper and the people are just, you know, mobbing around him because the others want healing and they're so excited with the wonder worker, miracle worker, the power that Jesus has. And they want his blessings and they want him to, you know, make their, their nation go forward and get free of the oppressors and so forth. And so people have all these expectations for mm-hmm. Jesus and they're yeah. trying to manipulate him. Yeah. And this is a, a burden that he's carrying. And so, you know, where does he go with this? Because even his close disciples don't really understand. No, he's the kind of Messiah that's the, the Isaiah 53 Messiah. You know, I mean, we understand that now, but they didn't get that then. It didn't make sense to them that the Messiah would be crucified and raised from the dead. And so Jesus was carrying this calling from God really privately and on his own. And so he would withdraw into prayer with God, his Abba, and receive comfort and guidance in that. It's so helpful, honey, and so important because even I can forget that Jesus knows the loneliness of leadership and that he experienced that. And we can miss the blessing that when we have a hurt or a struggle, like feeling alone or feeling misunderstood, that one of the really precious opportunities in that trial is to look for Jesus and to begin to think prayerfully through the Gospels and think, now when did Jesus experience something like this? And then join in with what the Apostle Paul called the companionship of Christ's mm-hmm. sufferings. Mm-hmm. And we can have a, a real special intimacy with the Lord in those times. 
Yes. Yeah. And remember, it helps us to remember we're not alone, that he's with us. Well, honey, how have you struggled with feelings of loneliness as a leader? Well, you know, as you know, I, I'm a visionary leader mm-hmm. and I really see into the future and get passionate about ideas. Yes, that, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes that's stressful for you. <laughs> well, we're talking about you right now and how yeah. you feel lonely in leadership. How's that lonely for you? Well, you know, there's the excitement of something new, and but there's also the, the weight of it, the responsibility mm-hmm. of it, and the difficulty of implementing it. And, you know, I don't want to hurt or even hurry you or our other partners in ministry. And so finding ways to sort of work this through in relationship, and we've set up a, a whole system with Soul Shepherding where we work with our board on, on discernment and our ideas, and they're our safe community. And so... That's part of the process as to how we work these things through. And that can slow me down as a visionary leader, but it, ultimately it's a good thing. And in our recent example with our new initiative of Soul Shepherding Associates, where we're partnering with other pastors and counselors and spiritual directors to uh, start or expand Love Your Neighbor Pastor Ministries in other cities uh, that are have affinity with Soul Shepherding and, and what we do, it's been a wonderful vision, and it's been fun to begin to launch this. But as I've had desires towards you know, growing this, and we've been looking at models for how to do that, there's been some tension between you and I that we've mm-hmm. sorted through and had to work through because you've had different feelings about it, and I don't want to just charge over you, and, and you have a wisdom that I need, so I need to slow down and listen to that. Well, thank you for that. You know, as I think about you as the visionary leader that you are, Oftentimes I look back and I think about the ways that you led us or our family and following the Lord and ways that I was resisting you or giving you a hard time or wasn't really on board. And that had to have felt lonely for you. Yeah, it did. And then there was the benefit that came along, even as maybe initially there was some tension or disappointment or things that we needed to work through. But the process of talking it through, praying it through together, Mm -hmm. seeking outside counsel oftentimes. And I've... The Lord's helped me to see the wisdom that you're bringing. And it might start off for you with maybe some fear or wanting to kind of keep things the way they are in in the familiar. But as we talk it through, you know, we've had these different decision points and some they've gone the way of kind of moving forward with my vision, maybe it being modified. Other times, you know, we've put the brakes on that. The Lord's led us that way. And I've looked back and been so thankful to you. And I think this whole thing with the Soul Sharpening Associates has been a mixture of both, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And as we are seeking to lead together in Soul Shepherding, you know, I have felt lonely in this process at times too, because there's times when I feel like you're really focused on your vision and on the work of the ministry, and I'm having a lot of emotions of fear or doubt or inadequacy or just feeling tired from all the hard work and feeling bad that I don't have the capacity you have, that I <laughs> I can't keep up with you. And, and so, yet, on the other hand, when you share that with me and I slow down to really listen and be prayerful about it, I often realize, well, yeah, even if I'm not tired now, I will be soon. And so it helps me to kind of really get a grounding that in the early stages of the excitement and the passion, maybe I don't feel that tiredness yet, but it would come around the corner. So Yeah, well, I before I can get to that place of being courageous enough to tell you and share my feelings with you, 
I tend to feel pretty lonely and pretty alone with my emotions. And especially Satan tries to isolate me in that and keep me alone, feeling alone with those negative emotions. And I've seen you deal with that. And I've noticed that you will reach out to a friend at a time like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll reach out to you, who's you're such a good spiritual friend and safe for me. But there's times when you don't have the capacity or, or you're just really engaged with ministry. And then I will. I'll call a safe spiritual friend that I respect and that, you know, I'll ask them to please, do they have it to listen to some of the emotions that I'm feeling, that I'm feeling alone with, and I need to be understood, and I need them to pray for me. And I'm really thankful for the friends that supported you in this recent season as we were sorting through how to deal with the growth in our ministry and so forth. And and then we had some meetings with our ministry coach who really listened to us and cared for us and prayed for us. And that's been helpful too. It has been helpful. Many times we've reached out to an ambassador of Christ, a counselor, a coach, a spiritual director, a friend, a colleague. And that's been a real help to us. But it takes courage for us to admit that we feel lonely and we need them to enter in with us. And so I would like to pray for our listeners now when they feel lonely. Jesus, we thank you that you promise you'll never leave us or forsake us, that you're with us even to the very end of the age. So I do pray that you would help us to remember that we're not alone, that you understand the loneliness that we feel as we seek to follow you in these missions of leadership you've called us to. And Lord, would you also provide ambassadors of you, people who can share your love, your grace, your witness with us in those times too. With thanks and praise to you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. You're part of a growing audience of over 600 people per week. If you're enjoying this podcast, we hope you'll share it with your friends. This is easy to do. Just go to Soul Talks within iTunes or Stitcher Radio and then share the link by email, Facebook, or other social media. Until next time, let's continue our conversation with Christ.